<laughs> All right, welcome back to the big program. Yeah, that's probably not true, Yorkton Terriers hockey team. Who put that together? Man, that's some doing a deep dive. We've had a few battles with Yorkton over the years. Lots of battles, in fact. I could get into one. I'll get into one with you, Duke, that's not for public consumption. Although it did... Uh, well, you know what? I'll tell it to you, Duke, one day, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, <laughs> a lot of text coming in about uh, Oilers, uh, the game, and the fact that, yes, it's an expensive uh, opportunity to go to these. It's it's very expensive to, to go to an Oilers game. It's expensive to go to the Heritage Classic. Uh, a lot of people saying that they just can't afford it. I get that. Uh, we had Kevin Lowe on yesterday. There are a lot of free events that are down in Ice District over the course uh, of the weekend that uh, you can attend and kind of get the vibe, get the atmosphere. So um, maybe you can take part of that. Uh, maintenance, man, thanks for this. The last time a, a sellout or 50,000 plus at, uh, at Commonwealth Stadium would have been the World Cup men's soccer team that played uh, the two games there. That was a lot of fun. I went to that one of those games. Uh, that's from the maintenance uh, man. And then also, this is from Jamie uh, regarding public transit. ETS provi- will provide service to and from Commonwealth for the Heritage Classic. Park and ride buses uh, start running at 1245. Uh, go on the uh, interweb to check out more. Uh, it says uh, regular fees and fares will apply. It's encouraged to pay in advance. Um, have we got Grant Fuhrer on? All right, Grant's with us. Hey, morning, Grant, as we welcome in uh, Grant Fuhrer, our weekly uh, co-host on Tuesdays. Uh, morning, Grant. Uh, did you have a great weekend? How are you? Yeah, you know what? I'm doing great. I had a great week, so yeah. no complaints. Any golf or what? Yeah, we were down, took some friends down to Pinehurst. Okay. Little chari- little charity outing, so we had some fun. What was that one all about? Because you do so many of the again with your foundation and all the charity tournaments that you do and you you organize with your foundation and the celebrity tournament. Uh, what was this one all about? It was a golf trip that we had up for auction that a couple of gentlemen from Red Deer bought. So we just managed to coordinate some dates and went down to Pinehurst for three days to play a little bit of golf. Uh, could you can you say who these guys were from Red Deer or not? Well, I'm sure I could. Yeah. Hey, one one was Dwayne Salkowski, the other was Don Schumacher. Oh, so good. they're big supporters of my they're big supporters of my charity, and they do so much for us every year. So it was a good trip. So again, you you would probably work with these guys when you come up here to do a lot of the events here, and then they would have said, you know what, we want to kind of reciprocate and go down there. So can you kind of just uh, and we've touched on it probably a good month and a half ago with your foundation and and how you try to reach out and and, and raise funds for that. But can you just kind of touch on that and kind of revisit it for us one more time? Yeah, they're big sponsors of the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament. Yeah. So I try and make my way up for that every year. And they're big partners in the Kids Advocacy Center in Red Deer. So I they do they do a ton for charity and they do a ton for my charity by coming down, supporting us, playing in the golf tournament and buying some auction items, which just happen to be golf trips. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. How did they play? Uh, you know what? We had a lot of fun. I mean, the golf might not have been our best, but we enjoyed it. We got to play number two where the Open's at this year. or Well, I guess it's next year now. Yeah. So we get to see what that's all about and played a couple of really good golf courses. So we had a good time chasing the ball around. Uh, what do you make of, uh, so you were at Pinehurst number two. What do you make of the course? What do you make of the track? It's just a good old fashioned hard golf course. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those golf courses that kind of steps on your neck from the first tee shot and doesn't let off until you're finished. So we, we had a good time with it. 
What is your personal preferences? Do you like Link style more? Do you like the Rolling Hills, Tree Line? What's your personal preference? I've always been a big fan of Lynx golf. Okay. And I'm not sure what it is, but it's, it goes back to the start of golf. Golf was a Lynx game to start with, and I enjoy Lynx golf, but I also enjoy tree line golf. So there's not many golf courses I don't enjoy. How's mm-hmm. that? Yeah, well, that's what they say, right? Any day on the course is better than not, for sure. Uh, Grant Fuhrer is our co-host on Sports 1440 on Tuesdays 9 to 11. Uh, so, uh just one game, I guess, since we spoke with uh, Coachella Valley, a 4 nothing shutout over Tucson where you did the color commentary. Um, what was that game like? Tell us all about it. Uh, you know what? The boys had a good bounce back. And I, we didn't play bad opening night, but we didn't get the result we were looking for. So took a little 3-2 loss to open the season. And then you're looking for bounce back. And that's what the guys got. They got a good solid effort and they got a great effort and goal by Chris Drieger. So a good way to go. We play again tomorrow night against the Ontario Reign, so we'll mm-hmm. see where we go from there. Uh, so are you going to be able to do that game, or when's, what's your schedule to come up here for the Heritage Classic and all the events you have to attend? I'm going to work our game tomorrow and then jump on a flight Thursday and race up to Edmonton. I'll hopefully get in in time to be at the Hall of Fame game. Oh, that would be just great because, I mean, we had your, your good friend Charlie Huddy on, and he goes on to the Hall of Fame uh, with the Oilers Hall of Fame on the Ring of Honor on uh, Thursday with uh, Dougie Waite. So hopefully you can uh, get here uh, in time for that. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of guests uh, as well, uh, Grant, to, so we can chit-chat with. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, Jonathan Giastini from the Alberta Golden Bears for In the Community right now, and it's brought to you by... Uh, United Sports and Cycle. Uh, Hockey Days is on at United Sport and Cycle where you can save up to 35% off. Uh, United Sport and Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years as we uh, welcome in uh, uh, Jonathan Giostini from the Alberta Golden Bears. Uh, Jonathan, you're with Kevin Carius and Hockey Hall of Famer uh, Grant Fuhr. Uh, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Well, thanks for being on. So the Bears right now football team is uh, is humming right along with a record of 6 and 1. What's been going well for you this year? Um, I I think we've just been doing our thing. Like we haven't been overcomplicating things. We've just been doing what we do best and I don't know, I feel like we've really developed a like strong like connection with all the team together. Like we've been together for a couple years now, so I feel like that's really helped us like perform on the team on the field. I guess sorry. Mm-hmm. So uh, you play kind of two portions, like two out of three. You're not you're not playing. Uh, uh, you know, you're not an all the way guy that they used to call back in the day. But you're kicking and you play DB. That's correct. Yes, that is. How do you manage playing two out of the three disciplines when you talk about uh, your time on the field with the Bears? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like it kind of helps me, like, stay in the game more. Like, if, like, being on defense and then once I go to the sideline, I'm not, like, sitting there waiting longer. I'm staying more in the game looking at uh, what, like, the offense is doing, getting ready for either, like, punting or having to kick a field goal. It just, I don't know, I feel more engaged with the game. Grant? So, which of the two do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy playing defense or kicking more? Um, honestly, I really like hitting people, so <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I enjoy DB quite a bit, but I also 
do enjoy scoring points and like helping contribute to it like winning that way so i don't know it's hard for me to pick mm-hmm. yeah it would be wouldn't it uh you had an interception last week against uh manitoba yes i did uh run us through that play um it's funny because i didn't get the full play call so <laughs> i wasn't like completely sure where i was supposed to fit in in the coverage so it was more of like a reaction play and I don't know. I just right place, the right time. I guess uh, the Golden Bears take on UBC this Saturday, one o'clock at Foot Field. As we're speaking with uh, Jonathan Giustini, uh, kicker slash DB on the Golden Bears. So with a record of six and one, UBC's five and two. Kind of tee up this game on Saturday. Uh, first place in the conference is on the line. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, they're the one team that beat us this year, so we'd love to get our get a win back against them. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited for the rematch. Grant. So going forward in the season, will they be your biggest competition, or are there other teams that are going to give you a good run? Um, I've I feel like we match up well against all teams. Like there's no easy team to beat in can West. I find so really anyone is like good competition, but I feel like UBC and Sask are the, our biggest competition coming up in playoffs. Uh, Jonathan Giustini's our guest. Kevin Carey is grand fear sports, 1440. So uh, your kicking exploits have been, you know, well-documented this year, Jonathan, uh, and you're kind of on the course of uh, setting uh, career points for the Bears, and I think you need a couple more points in this last game just to kind of set another mark. But uh, what is it about kicking that, you know, you seem to have had good success uh, this year with Alberta? Yeah, I mean, it all starts with our offense moving the ball downfield. Like, if they weren't able to do that, then we obviously wouldn't get into field goal range and... I wouldn't be scoring points, but I don't know. It's just, I just go out there and kick the ball, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, what are you taking in school? I'm taking finance. Okay. Um, and you're, you're from Calgary, that's correct? Yes. How was it that you got recruited up here by Chris Morris? Um, it, he was, so I played U18 Team mm-hmm. Alberta, and he was my head coach there. And I I think that that really started, like, the recruiting process with University of Alberta. And then also, I like, my recruiting class from high school, we had, like, I don't know, like 10 guys signed to U of A from my high school alone. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it just really started – I. Like U18 Team Alberta, I guess. <laughs> That's a good stuff. So, um, just your thoughts on uh, UBC again and uh, the importance of this game, the atmosphere. What do you think the atmosphere will be like uh, on Saturday afternoon for your final regular season home game? We know you're going to be hosting a playoff game as well, but what do you think? What's the atmosphere been like at foot this year? Um, it like. It started out really good, like our home opener and everything. But once like the weather cooled down a bit, uh, 
they get scared off a couple of fans. So <laughs> hopefully this weekend we can get a good turnout, though, because it's a pretty important game and love to have the fans on our side. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hey, uh, Jonathan, thanks for doing this. Appreciate your time. I know you probably got to get to class or something like that, and then you got practice and things yeah. getting ready to roll. So I know you just had a couple minutes with us. Thanks for coming on. Good luck uh, this yeah, weekend against. So uh, yeah, good luck this weekend against UBC. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, that's uh, Jonathan Giustini, kicker slash DB uh, for the Alberta Golden Bears as the Bears take on. Uh, UBC this Saturday, 1 o'clock at uh, Footfield. That was uh, in the community uh, for United Sport and Cycle, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business in Old Strathcona. Uh, hey, Grant, uh, you know, I, it always marvels me at these these young athletes, how they balance um, athletics and academics. Um, I guess when you were playing junior in Victoria and things like that, how was how did you kind of handle that that balance when you had to kind of keep up with your studies as well as playing major junior? Oh, let's just say I was much better at athletics than I was <laughs> academics. <laughs> so my juggling of schoolwork was not great, but at that point in time, I was more focused on athletics than schoolwork. So yeah, I took a little heat from my parents over that, but at the same time. I was focused on what I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't really think about a fallback plan. I just wanted to play hockey, and fortunately, everything worked out right. You know, they have a lot of help, the kids nowadays in the Western League, and, you know, they have tutors, they have things like that. Did, did you guys have anything like that back in the day, or were you kind of just on your own? No, you were kind of left on your own. Yeah. I mean, that was the one thing. We didn't have tutors, and nobody really checked attendance. They were just – and the program, when I played in Victoria, we ran it like an NHL franchise, so mm-hmm. – you were at the rink from 11 to 1 every day, so it really didn't fit into the world of schoolwork. Oh, for sure. Yeah, busy time. And then, I mean, you're on the bus. So in Victoria, that back then, that would have been the, probably the most traveled team. Would, would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, we managed to bus from Victoria to Winnipeg. So we, <laughs> we covered about half of Canada on a bus. <laughs> yeah, well, if you can't do any homework on the bus at that time, I guess you're in big trouble, aren't you? <laughs> well, you had to learn how to sleep on a bus. Yeah, that was the fun part. And yeah. Once you got to the NHL, it made travel a lot easier. You go Victoria to Winnipeg was so 23, 24 hours on a bus. Yeah. Did you ever climb on the top uh, bunk there kind of thing where you'd put your gear up there and have a snooze up there if you could? No, young guy. You get to sleep in a seat. Oh, there you go. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show with Grant Fear, our co-host on Tuesdays uh, from 9 to 11, we will check in with Ryan Carter, Minnesota Wild Color Analyst. That's coming up right after the break. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, Sports 1440. I believe that's the first Prince song we've ever had on the show. Uh, the Duke does it all here. Um, time now for the uh, Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now, during the Road Ready sales event, you can save up to 25% off on select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until October 21st. Uh, book your appointment at fountaintire.com. Some restrictions do apply. Uh, uh, Kevin Carey, along with Grant Fuhr, as we welcome in uh, Ryan Carter, uh, Minnesota Wild Color Analyst. Uh, Ryan, welcome to Sports 1440. You're with uh, Kevin Carey and Grant Fuhr. Yeah, hey, appreciate you having me. I, I don't know if it's coincidence, but uh, yeah, Prince is kind of the pride of St. Paul, <laughs> Minnesota here, so maybe yeah, maybe that's the, the reason it's the first time on the show, so if that's the case. Uh, I think it, it is, Ryan, because yeah, the Duke sniffs out everything. He's our producer here. He sniffs all that kind of stuff out, so um, just before we get to tonight's game, um, 
after your playing career, did you always know or did you always have a feeling that you wanted to kind of get behind the mic and do some uh, analyst work? Or when did you kind of figure out that at the end of your playing career moving forward? Yeah, great, great question. And to be honest with you, no. In fact, it was probably the exact opposite. I feel like when you're playing, 90-something percent of guys kind of – they put the wall up to the media, you know. You, you don't you don't necessarily trust them. They can probably only hurt you more than they can help you. Uh, at least that was the sentiment I had, you know. And I played in Jersey where you know Lou Lamarillo. It was kind of you know those guys versus you guys, and so I never really thought about getting into broadcasting, sports media, anything like that. And uh, but uh, I finished playing in Minnesota. And had the opportunity to meet some people here. I'm from here. They said, mm-hmm. why don't you try the TV stuff? And uh, I was reluctant at first. It was pre and post game, kind of at the desk. And um, slowly started to, to like it, enjoy it. And I'm thankful that they continued to press me and give me opportunities to get to where I was in the booth. But uh, now I'm having a blast with it. Yeah, so Grant does color, you may know, with the Coachella Valley Firebirds. So Grant, uh, maybe... I don't know, 15, 20 years did you ago, did you ever think you'd be doing color? Not a chance. <laughs> I mean, one, I didn't talk a whole lot to the media. So, and I always swore that I'd never be a part of the media, but the opportunity arose, and I thought I would try it. And here I am, and I'm actually enjoying it. So it's been fun. It's been an interesting transition. Would you have a, a question maybe you wanted to ask uh, Ryan in that sense about moving in from a player to a broadcaster and maybe vice versa, Ryan? I got a quick question for you, Ryan. So when it comes to the players, how hard do you find it to just be honest with them? Because I I know when you're playing, you hate when the media is critical of you. So do you have a hard time being honest with the players or do you try and keep yourself separate from the players a little bit? Well, I would say here's the emotional battle that I had to work myself through. It was a pretty quick transition from when I finished playing to when I was in the broadcast booth. So I had a lot of peers, guys that I shared a locker room with that I was broadcasting games for. And they inevitably would make mistakes. You know, in, in um, Minnesota, like Edmonton, great hockey market, you can't fool the fans. You know, you kind of have to be honest. And it was hard for me uh, at, at first because you know that you're broadcasting to their parents, their wives, their children, you know, and you have personal relationships with those people. Um, and it wasn't always easy, but I think uh, there were times where I would I would have to say to myself, like, hey, if they're truly your friends too, they've got to understand that you've got a job and you've got to be good with it. So it was a balancing act on trying to figure out the right words to say where you were saying, hey, guys, I need some help on your thoughts in this regard. I'm, I'm not going to throw you under the bus at all. But at the same time, I've, I've got to be honest, if you make a mistake, I, I kind of have to point it out. And um, Sometimes those conversations would, wouldn't come up. But for the most part, I think the, uh, a lot of the guys that I play with and a lot of the players are pros, and they understand if, if they make a mistake, they're comfortable being called out. Um, as long as you just don't you know, beat a dead horse and continue to go back to it, uh, all that stuff is fine. But I would say that that was probably the hardest part is – without conversation, being critical of a friend the night prior, and then going into the locker room the next morning and talking like your buddy. That was, that was odd, but something I had to work through. Uh, Ryan, do you want to relay anything in that sense towards Grant? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's uh, there's probably a difference in our playing career. So what I would ask is, you know, like, did uh, you always have the confidence? And goaltenders, too, like, I love this. I think goaltenders have the, the, the best perspective on a lot of stuff. Like, how do you approach – 
you know, talking about some of the things that maybe you didn't have your hand in power play and different things like that. Well, I think part of it is just what I used to study about the game, where you wanted to learn the other team's power plays, you wanted to learn their face-off plays, that sort of thing. So I kind of look at the game still as a goalie and try to analyze it from that point of view where I look for the different things in the game that I used to look for. And fortunately, with being in an American Hockey League team here, I get away with a little bit more credibility where I can be a little critical of the guys if they do make a mistake. But at the same time, I've also told the guys that I'm just going to be honest. I mean, you tell it like it is. And I, the guys here have been fabulous. I mean, they know if they made a mistake. They know if they made a mistake that chances are I'll probably point it out. And it's been fine so far. That's Grant Fear. Yeah. We're also with... Uh... Uh, Ryan Carter from uh, Minnesota Wild, a color analyst, uh, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, so, Ryan, uh, man, uh, 32 teams in action tonight, 16 games. The Oilers and Wild are one of them uh, in Minnesota. The Wild kind of, uh, would you say they are, are struggling defensively? Uh, can you kind of update what's going on on the defensive uh, aspect uh, uh, for the Minnesota Wild? Yeah, for sure. I, I th- struggling might not be the right word. I think if... Uh, if you look at what's gone on for them, they're cash strapped because of the buyout. So they're 14 million below mm-hmm. uh, the cap ceiling right off the bat. And then they lose their captain and probably number one, number two defender in terms of, you know, analytics and, and defending and Jared Spurgeon, that's 7 million more. And then you lose your goal scorer up front and Matt Boldy, that's another 7 million. So um, all of a sudden, the while they're sitting at a situation where they're down $30 million on the cap, and that's not really an excuse. I think that they understood, and they still do, the risks to the buyouts and to the cap implications and everything else. But at the same time, they're they're missing quality pieces. You take $30 million off of any roster, there's going to be struggle, and it's going to take time to figure some of this stuff out. The unfortunate part is the timing of these injuries. Jared Spurgeon was hurt in training camp with a handful of days. They they didn't want to put him on IR right away to get salary cap relief because they didn't want to have to potentially miss a couple of games that he could play. And because of all this, now he's got D pairs that are shuffling, guys that are uncomfortable playing with one another. And I think that just the situation that the Wild came into the season with, with their roster, with the, the cap issues, they needed guys to stay healthy. And they haven't been able to do that early on. And Murphy's Law has reared its ugly head here in Minnesota, and they're chasing it a little bit defensively. Um, it's no different than last year, though, too. They, the, the Wild, I think, the game has transitioned into a scoring game, but the Wild are good when they play from their own end out. And it seems to just take a little while for that to sink in for them. Last year was the same. They, they gave up, I think they started the first four games at home, and they gave up 21 goals in the first three games. They're like, oh, my goodness, we're never going to win. But they hunker down, they end up being a 100-point team. Um, when they get healthy, I think something similar will occur. Where are the Wild right now with Jared Spurgeon? Uh, is he close? Uh, you know, it, it's. Uh, I, I think that they are close. It, the, I think the IR rules are it's, it's 24 days or 10 games. They're at five games. So they're, we're somewhere within five games of him being back, or they would retrofit him to IR right now and get some relief on the salary cap. Um, so it's they're close. Yes, he's, he's close. Grant? So the Wild are notoriously known for being a great defensive team. Having them translate that into a good offensive game, 
are they kind of stuck in between the two different styles right now? You know what I think it is, is the there's a mold that's trying to be broken around here, and it's I would say it's within the team and also the town. You, the Wild were, you think, Jock Lemaire, Trap, let's win a game 2-1. Nobody likes coming to XL Energy Center. And that's kind of been the hockey that was played here for a couple of decades. Bill Guerin and his crew comes in, and they kind of want to break that mold. They have a superstar. It's Kirill Kaprizov. He's offensive. He's great. We want to score. Uh, but I think that they also understand that the strength of this team is kind of on the back end when you have Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodeen, Brock Faber, all these guys going. That's when they're at their best. That's, that's the strength of their team. So they want to defend first, but at the same time, they want to break this mold of being a trap kind of hockey club. Um, so they're, they're kind of caught in the middle there, and it'd be great if they could go out and win a game like, I don't know, some of these teams do out east where it's, you know, they're comfortable in a, a 6-4 hockey game. And I think the Wild can win those games. It's just they're not going to win those games every single night. Um, so they are caught in the middle a little bit, but it's a transition, and some of these guys are figuring this transition out. Ryan Carter, Minnesota Wild color analyst, uh, with us on Sports 1440. Kevin Carius, uh, Grant Fuhr, on a Tuesday in Edmonton as the Oilers get set to take on the Wild tonight in Minnesota, where the Wild uh, really kind of run the Oilers show for the last uh, several seasons. Oilers uh, 0-5 in Minnesota, outscored 21-10 since the start of the 2019-2020 season. Now, one player I wanted to kind of focus on with uh, Minnesota, with strong Edmonton connections, is uh, Pat Maroon, uh, can you give a an update, uh, Ryan, where kind of Pat Maroon has uh, fit in so far uh, in his time in Minnesota? Well, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. And actually, to touch on the success the Wild have had, back to this will tag the last thought too. It's amazing when you have top end talent like um, Drysaitel, McDavid come to town. How the wild locker room knows that they need to hunker down defensively. Then they go out and execute and they win games this way. So in some regards, I think Dean Ellison is happy to be facing Edmonton tonight. I know Connor McDavid's out and everything, but um, at the same time, it's, hey, these guys are dangerous offensively. Let's get back to our defensive game. And I think they've done that every time they've played Edmonton the last handful of times and they've had success. Um, now to answer the question, uh, how does Pat Maroon fit in? Great. He he came in fourth line, and I mean, he, he's a good player with a, a strong pedigree. I think you know what you're getting when when you sign or trade for Pat Maroon, and then you watch him and you you think about the overarching philosophy of the Wild, how they want to be fast, they want to play like a tempo game, and Pat Maroon kind of doesn't fit that mold. So you're like, well, where is he gonna fit? You know, and. Um, is the fourth line there? You think Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, they're both kind of speed guys, and they're they're first on the forecheck, and can Pat Maroon you know, pick up the pace and get some of these loose pucks and make plays? What I'd say is he's been terrific, and his, he's got skills with his hands. He's offensive. So what he might lack in footstep, he makes up for and pace the game through execution, like nice little passes, little soft spot things, and um, he's been great. So now through injury, he's bumped up to the third line, second line, maybe depends what you want to call it. Um, and again, it's not like his pace isn't all world, but he plays so smoothly with the puck and makes good decisions that it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. And, and he's fit in and he's been productive offensively for him. Uh, big assist in the last game, nice play in an elevated role. Um, so I think he's fit in terrifically. Grant, have you got one more for Ryan? 
Yeah. So everybody knows about Kaprizov. How about Joel Erickson? How's he fit in? Yeah, so you know what's amazing is uh, on one of our broadcasts, we put up a shot chart of the last 50 goals that he has scored. And every single one of them is in the goaltender snot bubble. There's not a there's not a single shot from you know you know the scoring area on the ice. It's basically a giant home plate from mm-hmm. the crease to the dots, top of circle over, right? And all of his goals, all fifty, are snot bubble of the goaltender right on the paint. There's not a single outlier. So how does he fit in? It's amazing because you watch the game and you appreciate him on the perimeter because he wins board battles and he's always doing, you know, it's middle lane drive. He's doing the work, but he's also getting rewarded for it because he's found a way to be talented net front. He's got a good moving screen. He wins battles. He jumps on loose pucks. He scores goals. So he's kind of a great, uh, a great unsung hero for this team. He's kind of what makes everything tick because coaches can always go in video to look at this is how he plays there's not a shot from the wall there's not a chance or a try on a one-on-one like he's straight line to the net win my battle retrieve pucks put to the point go to the net he's good at it mm-hmm. and i think every line needs a guy like that um you know i think the wild <laughs> they're lucky to have a player like two in that uh, for sure. Ryan Carter is our uh, guest, Kevin Carey's Grant Fuhrer, who is making his way to Edmonton uh, later in the week uh, to uh, check in with the um, Heritage Classic, plus the Oilers Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Ryan, where Doug Waite will be uh, inducted uh, into the Oilers Hall of Fame with um, Charlie Huddy. And Doug Waite, uh, well, one of his best buddies is Bill Guerin, so the wild general manager. What's it like to deal with kind of Bill Guerin kind of on a day-to-day basis uh, as a broadcaster, I guess? Well, you know what? It's it's terrific. And so sometimes I think in the United States, college sports are a big deal. And there's a lot of turnover in college sports. They're, they're there for four years, and the longest-tenured person in your program will be the coach. So in some respects, you need your coach to be your most marketable asset. And in professional sports, you have guys that will spend you know, their entire career with an organization, and those people more often than not will outlive coaches, management, um, different types of things. So they become your most marketable asset. What Bill Guerin is, is great at being a marketable asset for us. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he's always open to talk with us. He gives us information. He trusts us. Um, he's, I would say he's not like a micromanager. He's also honest. So, you know, if, if the team's not playing well, it's okay for you to say it. He's not going to walk over to your, your broadcast booth and say, Hey guys, uh, quit beating these guys down there. They're not playing well enough. He, um, he's, he's terrific to work with. He's always got a smile, quick wit. Um, <laughs> at the same time, like he's a winner though. And you understand when, <laughs> when, uh, you know, when they're not playing well, maybe you're going to want to give them a foot or two. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, he's he's terrific to work with, terrific leader. Um, I think he's good with the team. He's good with his office staff. Everything about him has been terrific. Well, uh, thanks for this uh, coming on today, Ryan. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, it should be a good one. Looking forward to, to uh, watching the Oilers and Wild tonight, and uh, hopefully we can speak uh, soon in the future. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, very good. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good afternoon. All right, you too. Ryan Carter, Minnesota Wild color analyst. Uh, for the uh, puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire, it doesn't really matter if there is snow on the ground yet. It is the temperature change that matters more as a signal to change your tires. Uh, hey, Grant, we had the first little blast of winter up here yesterday morning driving into work. Uh, 
I'm sure you're looking forward to kind of seeing that coming up from uh, Palm Desert. Oh, yeah. Everybody's already been texting me, reminding <laughs> me that, hey, by the way, they still have winter up there. So <laughs> visiting winter is really not that bad. Yes. Visiting, right? Visiting. Visiting. Um, we got lots of texts coming in with uh, Grant Fuhrer. Uh, no words needed from Scalding Gord. Uh, what he did, Grant was, or uh, uh, Grant was said Scalding Gord sent a picture, kind of an older one. I think uh, it has your pads, which we're going to talk about in the uh, right after the break. Uh, your pads, I, you you were always DNR. Is that correct, Grant? No, I wore John Brown for a little while. I okay. wore CCM for a little while. Finished with uh, Franklin. Oh, okay. Actually. So- Go or ahead. Bonds for oh. a year. Well, I spread it around a little bit. So would be were were DNR early in your career? DNR were early. Okay. I started with a pair of Browns, then I believe I went to the CCMs, then to DNR. Okay. So anyway, um, for the Heritage Classic, uh, Stuart Skinner has kind of done a, an ode to your pads. He's going to kind of wear the same. Um, well, he's CCM, but uh, we're going to talk about that when we come back after the break. Carious Fear on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Uh, only 16 games in the NHL tonight. All 32 teams in action. Um, I would love for one of our listeners to say by tomorrow that they watched all 16 games. Could that be possible? You would have to watch. No, it's not possible by tomorrow. If you watched, if you if you if you recorded, well, you'd have to watch some live. Obviously, then you're recording and you're you're PVRing. Well, you're PVRing 15, twelve games, thirteen split games. screen. No, no, I mean, you're, I want a conscious effort of a viewer or a listener that's going to view all games. I'm going to put four games on the TV at once. It's important. Like, there's a game starting at 11 o'clock Eastern. The Flyers are in Vegas tonight at 11 o'clock Eastern. Yeah, that'll be a little late for my taste. Yeah. Uh, Grant Fuhrer in uh, Palm Desert is our uh, co-host on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Grant, how many games, uh, if you sat down at the TV today, how many games could you watch on a 16-game schedule in the NHL today? Um... I really wouldn't have a problem watching hockey all day. Okay. I, mean, I still I still enjoy the game. I still like watching the game. So I I would sit from the first game through the last game. So we're starting things off at uh, 4 o'clock our time. That's the first game. So 4 o'clock Edmonton time. The Leafs are playing the Capitals. It goes all the way to 9 p.m. our time. 9 p.m. our time. Flyers... And Golden Knights. That's so I get the bonus hour, so it makes it a little easier to watch. Okay, yeah. So you you would watch. You would probably and uh, Arizona's playing the Kings late. Which game would you watch out of that? Arizona and the Kings, or the Flyers and Knights? I'd probably watch the Flyers and Knights. Okay. Also, I think, yeah. I think it might might be a better game. Okay. Also, a late game too. Uh, so uh, nine forty five Eastern. So seven eight forty five your time is. Uh, the Rangers and, and Flames. Does that one interest you? Yeah, it's interesting to see how the Rangers are playing right now. And you always kind of keep track of the Alberta teams. So that, that should be a good battle. Um, we were talking about uh, 
Stuart Skinner's pads for the uh, Heritage Classic, what he's wearing, uh, kind of breaking them in. He was wearing them the other day at practice. So they're uh, very, they're the, the same uh, color scheme, I guess you could say, as, as yours. Uh, did you have a look at that picture? I did. I saw it on yeah. Twitter. That yeah. actually, I thought it looked great. Um, but I might be a little biased in that department. <laughs> I think just a tad. I grant just a tad. Um, but different, ma- different make, right? You were DNR, he was CCM. That's is that how that looked to you? In that color scheme, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wore CCMs for a little while, but it's a little different color scheme than that. So, but, yeah, my DNRs looked identical to that. Yeah, and in the picture, your DNRs looked really, really worn. Did is that is that fair? Yeah, I, I went through one, maybe two sets at the most. I like to wear one pair for as long as I possibly could. <laughs> and, and so like, they probably had some, they probably had some miles on them. Yeah, probably for sure. Looked like they did anyway. Uh, it was a neat picture anyway. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out on the old interweb uh, as the Oilers get set for uh, the Heritage Classic Sunday. And uh, so you're coming to town, Grant. Uh, as you said, you'll do the game tomorrow. Uh, Coachella Valley versus the Ontario Reign. You'll do that game and then zip in on Thursday. Uh, what do you like most about uh, you know coming back to these events when you when you get to see all your all your former friends and teammates? You know what? It's fun to catch up with the guys. It's fun to catch up with. I've still got a ton of friends up in Edmonton. I've still got a couple of my kids are up there, so I get a chance to catch up with everybody, and I enjoy that. Edmonton's always going to be home, being born, raised in Spruce Grove, so it's always fun to come home. Anyone in particular on a former teammate? Because I know you're going to be at the event Friday at Rogers. Anyone in particular you want to hopefully bump into and have a good chat with? No, I like seeing everybody. Yeah. I think that's the fun part about that team is it was like a giant family. So I'm not even sure who all's coming in, but it'll be fun to see whoever's there. Um, you know what? We were talking. Kevin Lowe was on with us yesterday, Grant, uh, which was kind of cool. He talked about it uh, with uh, uh, Myrna Khan from the uh, Edmonton uh, Oilers uh, Community Foundation came in uh, to talk about a few things. So uh, let me just tell you what you're doing a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so well, I've seen my schedule. I've seen my schedule, and I've actually got some other events that I scheduled myself up there. So oh, cool. We're going uh, to spend a fair amount of time with the fans. Yeah, why wouldn't you? So on Friday is this uh, event. Uh, it's called Party Like It's. 2003 uh, for our listeners uh, we talked about it yesterday with Kevin and Myrna but uh, yourself and uh, a whole bunch of uh, alum like Glenn Anderson uh, Kevin Lowe, Dwayne Rollison uh, George LaRock, Charlie Huddy Doug Waite uh, and then the, the current team as well will be down at Rogers to kind of uh, um, you know mix and mingle with uh, fans, uh, they'll be playing uh, virtual golf uh, hockey target shooting, giant Jenga some foosball uh, I could see you maybe hanging around the virtual golf uh, simulator for a while. That that up your alley, Grant? Possibility I could get around that. <laughs> Why wouldn't there, you? There, maybe, maybe a foosball table. I, I make both of those work pretty well. So, foosball. You're a big foosball guy? Do you like playing that? I, I did when I was young. I haven't played in a few years, but it was always entertaining. You guys had the ping pong table, right, in the dressing room? We did. And? And I enjoy, I still enjoy playing table tennis. So it's, it's a game that's great for goalies. It's good for your reflexes. Mm-hmm. And we used to play it literally right up until it was time to get dressed to go play a game. Oh man, lots of fun. Have you ever gotten to pickleball yet? I've not played pickleball. Is it something that you might be interested in? Um, 
No, I spend my time on the golf course. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my getaway and it's a little easier on the knees than pickleball is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you made, Grant, so far of the Oilers' one, three, and one start? Uh, you know what? They've gotten off to a little bit of a tough start. But at the same time, they've showed some signs that they're going to snap out of it. And it, again, because there's such a premise put on winning early, I think that everybody feels the pressure when you get off to a tough start. But at the same time, they just need to go out and play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a knowledgeable fan base in Edmonton. So when you're not playing well, the pressure builds on you. And I think the players just kind of have to put that out of their mind to just go out and play. Do you, um, where would you grade the Oilers goaltending so far? I, I think it's been okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought the first game, yeah, they had a tough time, but it wasn't just the goalies in the first game. Nobody, I don't think anybody was good. Yeah. I mean, other than that, they've kind of, they're missing one save. I mean, the games have been close. So you'd like to see a save here or there, but at the same time, they've made some saves that have kept it where the games are close. So it's kind of a, you see positives, but at the same time, you can see where people get frustrated. But that's that's part of goaltending. And I, when you know that the fans are critical and goaltending, of course, when you're winning, nobody cares. When you're losing, everybody cares. Just happens to be that position. So I think the guys just have to play and relax. I mean, to me, it looks like they're, playing a little bit uptight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant Fuhrer is with us on Sports 1440. How do you change that, Grant? Like, how do you get from that stage where you are, you know, they always say squeezing the sticks too much or you're playing a little uptight, as you say. Uh, is there a certain magic formula that you can just wave a magic wand and change that? Yeah, unfortunately, there's no magic wands in goaltending. But no, it's it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to play with hundred percent confidence and you have to be able to tune the world out. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do when things are going bad, your ears all of a sudden get better. So the biggest thing is tuning out the world and just going about what you do well and then playing with confidence and exuding that confidence, even if things aren't going well, so that the guys in front of you look back and see that you're confident. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you make of uh, Stuart Skinner against Winnipeg, uh, the, the shorthanded goal that the Jets scored? Um, is that just a, an indecisive moment? How did you kind of see that play? Yeah, I mean, that's just one of those things where it's a 50-50 puck. Sometimes you win those, sometimes you lose those. And I, I trust me, I lost more than my share of those, <laughs> where all of a sudden it becomes mad panic and it ends up in the back of your net. And Yeah, you look bad when that happens, but at the same time, when you're winning, nobody cares. Yeah. When you're losing, everybody cares. So it's just one of those unfortunate things that happens in the game. Grant Fuhrer is with us in Sports 1440, our Tuesday co-host. Uh, Oilers in Minnesota tonight, uh, home to the New York Rangers on Thursday, and then, of course, the Heritage Classic on Sunday. Army Daryl texts in at one 401 Uh Grant, you kicked butt in the last Heritage uh, Classic. That glove save was sweet. You remember that one? I do. It was more instinct than anything else because the body wasn't listening very well. <laughs> uh, kind of run us through it. I'm kind of I'm trying to think about it. So, uh, run it through for Army Daryl and our listeners. I was Stefan Richet that came down the wing, and I may have been out of position a hair, but at the same time, the reflexes were still okay. So 
he shot for the far corner and it just happened to be at a height that I could still catch it. <laughs> um, how tough was it playing in the cold? Were you thinking a lot about it? You know what? You don't think about the cold when you're out playing. And yeah, as a kid, I played in the cold a bunch. So it brought back a lot of good memories. And it was a lot of fun just to get back with the guys and play again. And, and we had a little bit of success. I mean, I can honestly say the last thing in the world I thought about was that we'd share a shutout. But, hey, every now and then things happen that work out well. Uh, did you did you wear anything uh, specific? I know, like, Dwayne Mandruzic was down there and a lot of the guys were in the, the you know, the old Eskimos under uh, one-piece suits. Did you, did you have anything different that you would normally not worn uh, had it been not as cold? Uh, you know what? I think I threw on an extra shirt. But at the same time, goalie equipment's going to keep it pretty warm. Mm-hmm. So... We were fortunate that way. The more equipment, all of a sudden, seemed like a really good idea. Um, when Kevin was in yesterday, Kevin Lowe guested with us uh, in studio. One of his favorite memories was the walk from the dressing room because it was a longer walk than normal for you guys. Can you remember that? And, and was that one of your favorite memories of the game? Uh, you know, it is. I mean, anytime you walk out in front of, what, 50,000 people, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, you the chance to put the gear back on with the guys and walk out and know that you're going to play in a game was a lot of fun. And I hadn't touched my gear other than a couple of men's night games the, uh, the week before the Heritage. So, yeah, it was. it's one of those cool things that you'll always remember. Yeah. You guys had a little practice the day before that. Or is it, was it two days before? How did that work? Yeah, we skated around, I think, for half an hour one day just to see if we could still fit in the equipment. <laughs> Did anyone, was there a, was there a tight uh, a girdle on one of the guys? Was there someone a little thicker than uh, than others? Well, I think we were all a little thicker than we used to be. So, <laughs> But no, it was it was a lot of fun to put the gear back on, and there were a lot of laughs had in the dressing room. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like you picked up right where you left off, and that's the fun part of it is sitting in the dressing room, talking with the guys and it's just like getting ready for a regular hockey game. Yeah. I, I wish that they would had some sort of an alumni thing. And Kevin talked about it, just the fact that they wanted, didn't want to take away from the game this year, but all of our listeners and a lot of people around town wished maybe from the old five Oh six Oh seven area uh, um, era from teams of the Oilers and flames that they might've had some sort of an alumni game. But uh, we will talk about that another time. When we go to the top of the hour, Eric Smith Raptors play by play. And I know you're looking forward to, Rod Phillips, one of your old buddies uh, at 1020. Uh, that'll be good to reminisce uh, with uh, Grant and Rod coming up at 1020. First up, here is the Duke with a sports update.